Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. My special guest this week is a man who is so well-known in Chicago theater that uh, everybody knows Steve Scott. Hello, Steve. Hey, Tom. How are you? Great. Tell us about your terrific show at Red Twist. Oh, Elling. Yes. Uh, well, it, it's, a, it, it's a lovely little play that I actually hadn't known until uh, the Red Twist people brought it to me. Uh, but it's based on a uh, film, uh, a Norwegian film, about uh, two uh, men who have been put in a state uh, mental asylum. And it is decided that they are uh, well enough to be kind of uh, put out into the world in a state-owned apartment. Uh, so we follow them as they kind of emerge from the asylum into the world and try to figure out uh, basically how to get along in the world. And and I think the whole point of it is that uh, uh, we we identify certain people as, as being crazy or, or being handicapped or whatever, but uh, basically those people have some of the same problems that the rest of us have, and it's kind of hard to tell the difference between people who are certified crazy and people who are certified normal. Uh, but it's a, it's a delightful play. It's, uh, it's very funny and it's also really, really moving, I think, as you watch the relationships develop and features some, uh, really wonderful actors, uh, uh Red Twist, uh, regulars. So it's, it's, it's been a, a, a real pleasure to work on. Yeah. So they brought it to you. That's, yes, that's uh-huh. interesting. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you, you obviously, Jumped on it. You, you thought the play was worthwhile. I thought the play was worthwhile. I like working at Red Twist. I've I've done some other uh, shows at Red Twist, and and I find them to be a, a really lovely uh, group of people. Well, Shadowlands and uh, Lettuce and Lovage and uh, Delicate Balance, your other works there, right? Were all really big hits and and just beautifully done. Well, thank you very much. I I've, I've I really enjoyed them, and and they give me a chance to do plays that I don't have a chance to do other places, which is great. So. So it was uh, it was a, a, a great deal of fun, and I'm very proud of, of uh, the way it's all turned out. Well, uh, this is a question that often comes up uh, when you come in to direct a play. Uh, obviously, you agreed to you know to direct a, a play that was submitted to you. Mm-hmm. How does casting work? I mean, especially with a theater company like Red Twist that has a you know you know an ensemble of some really good actors. Right. Um, well. When they came to me uh, and asked me to look at the play, and I read it and, and uh, agreed to do it, uh, I then sat down with uh, Michael Colucci and Andrew Jessup, who are the co-artistic directors, and we kind of talked through the ensemble uh, and who in their resin ensemble would be good for the for the roles in Elling. Uh, so some of it was, was cast with those folks, and then uh, several other roles I uh, held auditions for. So it's kind of a mixture of of uh, kind of starting from scratch and and having having it uh, pre-cast, which isn't unusual in an ensemble company because uh, certainly the members of the ensemble should have the first crack at at uh, the roles that they're right for. Uh, yeah, I I agree. Uh, so that's generally uh, how you operate with some of the other theaters. Yeah, companies? I mean when I work like with Eclipse and some. When of I work with Eclipse, uh, that's basically what we do. I'm, I'm I'm doing a show for them next summer, and we've already started talking about ensemble members uh, in their company who would be good for that, and we'll be starting to do auditions for that, I think, later on, actually later on this month. Uh, so it's it's usually kind of a combined process of, of 
who in the company is available and wants to do it, and who from the outside should we bring in to augment all of that? Yeah, well, getting back to, to Elling for a moment, uh, uh, I thought your casting of Andrew Jessup and Peter Oilo was the key to the play. Yeah. These guys not only are, are terrific actors, but we saw a, a comedic side of both of them that, that uh, we don't generally see. Which I was really thrilled about, because uh, people uh, who know their work know them basically for some very serious pieces that they've done. Uh, uh, Equus, actually, uh, both Peter and Andrew played the young man and Equus in different productions at Red Twist. And then they worked together in Pillow Man uh, and were very effective in very, very serious roles. So it was uh, wonderful to see how they responded to the comedy uh, in L.A., which they did extremely well. Uh, and and I was excited to work with both of them. I I know both of them, but I had never worked with either of them as actors. And so uh, yeah, and they were both looking forward. Well, I know Peter Euler was for sure uh, of working with you because you know you're, well, you're Mr. Nice Guy and you're Mr. <laughs> uh, Chicago Theater. I mean. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I really love working in situations like that because, you know, in those small theaters, the actors really, they don't get paid. Uh, they're, they're doing the, the play because they really love to do the play. And, and their excitement and their, and their commitment is really kind of extraordinary. And I love working with that kind of enthusiasm. It really, it makes my work a lot easier and a lot more fun and, uh, so I was I was looking forward as much to working with them as they might have been uh, with me, and it was kind of a mutual love fest all the way through. It was, it was yeah, that's great. what that's what I heard. But getting back to the to the comedic timing, uh huh. Where does that come from? Because I, I once uh, asked uh, uh, Paula Scarfano, I says, "Isn't uh, comedy the hardest thing to do in theater?" And she corrected me. She says, "No, uh, landing a song." when you're not in the mood. But she says, very close to that is comedy. I, I would agree with her. And, and, and it's interesting, because I think the key, uh, especially with a piece like Elling, which changes tone kind of constantly throughout, is at a certain level, you have to forget that it's a comedy, and you have to play it for, for real. You have to play it seriously. And the laughs develop uh, out of the situations that uh, that are encountered in the play and how the characters respond to those. But if they start playing it for laughs, then the playing becomes very phony. So all the way through, we had to really kind of make sure that, that we weren't kind of begging the audience or turning to the audience and winking and saying, okay, this is a funny bit, you can go ahead and laugh, so that the audience can kind of discover the laughs through the course of the piece. Yeah, and I thought part of it was was how well they stayed in character. Yes, exactly, exactly. Which which was interesting because during during rehearsal we would we would do something that was kind of funny, and Andrew would break up every time. Uh, Peter never broke up. Peter Peter was serious at all, at all times, but Andrew had a real problem because he thought it was funny. Uh, and gradually that went away, fortunately. But uh, but sometimes the actors get involved in that, too. And, you know, all of that being said, towards the end of the rehearsal process, especially once we got into previews, their uh, timing becomes very important, uh, and these actors have really good comic timing, as it turns out, which is great, because that's something that you can't really direct or teach. But the, there are times when you say, okay, if you wait for three counts on this moment, then that'll get a laugh, and if you do it this way, that'll, that might get a laugh. So there are some technical things you have to keep in mind, too. 
but uh, fortunately, the actors brought a lot of that sensibility uh, themselves to what they were doing. Yeah, well, I was there on opening uh, on the opening, and I was amazed at how polished the show was. It, it was as if it had been playing for a month or so. Well, that's that's wonderful to hear because yeah, uh, seriously. I, well, a week before we were, you know, we we were in tech rehearsals and nobody was remembering what was going on, and it looked like it was going to be all manner of chaos. But it's a it's really a tribute to the company that they they pulled it together very quickly and and are playing it very confidently, which is, I think I think is what gives it the the feeling of it of they're having done it for a while. Uh, they're they're really gutsy performers and they really commit to what they're doing. Yeah, and and. Besides uh, Andrew and and uh, Peter, uh, I thought Brian Perry. Uh, did, he had actually the night I I was there. He got the biggest laugh. The the line about uh, where, where Peter's character says, "I went to school. I went to a school that taught idiots." And then and then Perry's uh, character says, uh, "I went to a genius school taught by idiots." Exactly, and which I you know I think that always gets a big laugh, and I think it's because that's kind of how we all feel about the schools we went to, at least at certain times. Brian is just amazing, and he is one of the Red Twist company members that I've worked with several times in uh, Shadowlands and in uh, Delicate Balance. And he's an, he is an incredible actor. He is older and very experienced, and he's really dedicated to this company. He's an actor who, if he wanted to, I think could have a major career around town in, in some of the larger theaters. You think but, he could work at the Steppenwolf? Or, oh, or I, the, I, yeah. I know he could work at Steppenwolf, at Goodman. In fact, I've tried to talk him into auditioning for things at Goodman. But to to do that, he would probably have to join the Actors Union, and he wouldn't be able to work with Red Twist anymore. And that's really where his first love is. Uh, but he's uh, he's always wonderful to work with. He's so smart and, and uh, kind of figures out stuff on his own and kind of brings it in so that the director, I don't have to tell him what to do. I I, I kind of look at what he brings in and we kind of edit from there. So it's uh, it's a wonderful experience with him. So this kind of balances uh, your your daytime job. At the it Goodman. does indeed. It does indeed. Tell us what you do there, because uh, a lot of people aren't sure what a what a producer. Well, and I read a recent article about it, so I'm 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 kind of up on this. But I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you explain it. Well, actually, my 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 job at Goodman is associate producer, and it it involves a lot of different things. Uh, I am kind of the day to day head of the artistic department, and and that's my primary function, uh, kind of working with our literary department and our casting department and our education staff uh, on the preparation for each of the shows and each of the programs that we do, uh, you know, finding the right actors and finding the right directors and designers and that sort of thing. Uh, but I also do a lot of uh, work with our uh, fundraising department uh, and, and do a lot of uh, uh, fundraising events and work with our board and that sort of thing. And I also do a lot of work with our marketing department. Yeah, you also write uh, part of the, uh, uh, the uh, program uh, and the big booklet that I, comes. I, I, we have an onstage magazine that we uh, publish five times a year, and I contribute to that and help edit that. Uh, sometimes I write program notes. It's, uh, I mean, the, the best thing about the job is that no two days are the same. And, uh, I, you know, one day I could be in rehearsal working with um, actors and, and whatever, and the next day I'll be uh, dealing with uh, a board function uh, in the morning and maybe a, a student audience in the afternoon. It's, it's uh, I, I kind of go from thing to thing to thing, and it's, and it's really... But you were originally brought in because uh, of... Uh... Or, 
or moved up to this when Bob Falls got hired, right? Cause right. He, he yeah. doesn't like detail, from what he, I read. He, no, he doesn't like office work. <laughs> and <laughs> he's uh, a creative guy. That's uh, for he's sure. He's a creative guy, and and he and he said early on when he came in that that what he felt the role of an artistic director should be, and and I agreed with him completely, was to kind of. Uh, uh, plan the long-term growth of the theater and the long-range uh, artistic life of the theater. And also, uh, he felt that he needed to have the freedom to get out and meet the people that he needed to meet, not just on a local level, but nationally and internationally, and also to do his own work, because uh, uh, when he does a show in New York, that certainly reflects well on the Goodman Theater as a whole. So, uh, you know, Bob is, is certainly around uh, as much as, as we need him to be, but he didn't feel that he should spend his time looking at all the detailed stuff every day about, you know, what's going on in this ad and what's going on in this grant proposal and what actors are we calling in for this audition. Uh, so that that became my job. and uh, That's putting a lot of trust uh, in you. I mean, you're the guy holding down the fort. Well, well, yeah, and it seems to have worked out because I've been doing it for Twenty years or more, and uh, you know, Bob and I have a great relationship, and he does trust me uh, certainly with, with a number of things. And I also I, I communicate regularly with him so that he knows what's going on, and and he does have a very strong hand in what we're doing, but but kind of knows what he's necessary for and what he really doesn't have to worry about, and that's that's hopefully what I can do for him. Well, congratulations to both of you guys for Red. I saw it the other day; it was oh, unbelievable. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's one of the great pieces of theater I've seen in years. Oh, and 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 it's in some ways it's very much unlike what Bob usually does because he does these big, you know, huge scale things like King Lear and and uh, some of the other things. Yeah, and this is a very intimate play; it's just two actors. But he he his work with the actors is so wonderful, and the actors themselves are so good. And the things that he has added, the environment that he's added to this is just extraordinary. Uh, I think it's a very, very moving piece and uh, just a, a lovely uh, evening. Yeah, it's it's amazing the audience response to to the show too. There. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it it, it because it's a it's a very talky play. I mean, it's it's good talk. John Logan oh, yeah. knows how to write plays, but uh, but there are, it it is there's a lot of stuff that that they that they go through and that and that they talk about and the audience. Because the actors are so good and so intent on what they're doing, I think the audience stays with them all the way. Yeah, and those those moments of silence are are just incredible. Uh, uh, there was so much going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could you could feel the tension. You could cut it with a knife. Oh, I know, and, and I find that <clears throat> really thrilling in the theater. I, I, you know, moments of silence can be so effective if they really are filled with something, and you're wondering what's going to come out of that. And I think that that happens uh, extremely well in, in red. Wow! So so that's your day job. Mm-hmm. With about, I'm uh, from what article I read, you left out about five or six other things. You <laughs> could do well, there are on there a given are, day, right? There are other things that I do too, but uh, and but at that, night, most of it. but at night and on weekends, yeah. you're out directing. Yeah. Now, my question, one of my questions is about how many plays a year do you do outside of the Goodman? Uh, outside of the Goodman, I usually do. Four, maybe five, depending on the year and depending on on my energy level. Um, but I I like you know <clears throat> I I uh, once uh, was telling my my shrink about you know, my schedule and all that and and we determined that. <laughs> 
you know, other people may be addicted to cocaine or whatever. I'm addicted to rehearsal. <laughs> and I love, I love being in rehearsal. I think it's, it's a, it's when I feel most alive and I, I really love the investigative process and solving the problems. But mostly I, I, I love empowering the actors and kind of watching good actors at work. So, although, you know, it does make for long days and there are times that I think maybe I'm doing a little too much of this. It really is such a nice balance to what I do during the day, which is is many times very uh, business focused and detail focused. So you get your you get your uh, your fix of creativity. Yes. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I, I get guess, that. I guess, and 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 the other thing is that you know, especially working with some of the smaller companies that I that I work with, I find a lot of talent that ends up at the Goodman. Uh, it's a it's a great way to kind of. See the the up and comers and and kind of yeah. the next generation. Well, I'm sure you're. Leaders. I'm sure you two people from Elling would wouldn't turn it down if they oh, got a chance. <laughs> I, and, and and we've we've brought both of them in for auditions. They've done very well. I think it's it's just a matter of time before before they're working with us too. Well, that's that's great to hear. Uh, so you do about about four or five a year. Yeah. How do you select the plays you want to direct? Now I know you told the story, Elling, that they came to you. Yeah. I um. It it. It really depends because each company is different. Um, you know, I'm doing uh, uh, I'm doing Christmas Carol at Goodman this year, and after that, I'm doing a play. Oh, you are directing this year. I'm directing Christmas Carol. Oh, this year terrific! For the first time in about twenty. Well, years. not too much uh, pressure on it. Uh, only probably <laughs> the greatest show that every year seems fresh. Oh, and no matter and who's directing, Bill Brown's done a great job. Oh, Bill yeah. has done a wonderful job. Well, now uh, you get the chance. Wow. That's... Well, I did it, you know, many, yeah. many years ago. I did it uh, for a few years. And usually after three or four years, the director has kind of done what he or she needs to do and moves on. And Bill kind of felt that this year. He had directed, directed it very successfully for four years. And uh, when he told me that he thought maybe he, he wanted to take a break from it, I thought for a while and I thought, well, I, I think I'd like to do it again because it's been a while. The production has changed enormously since I last did it. Um, but I, I think uh, I, I, I just I, I wanted to involve myself with it again. And I, you know, I've, through the years I've been producing it, so I certainly have seen what all the other directors have done. And it's given me ideas of my own. So, uh, so we're going to see a few different things. We'll, huh? we'll see a, a few different emphases, okay. and you know, we got Larry Yondo back, which is oh, a hell of a We've got Larry stuff. back, which is going to be great, yeah. and we've got some wonderful uh, actors supporting him. Uh, you know, and I'll probably steal some stuff, as all directors do, from some of the other directors who've been, who've done it in the past. But, uh, but I, so it, it will be in many ways the same production, but hopefully with uh, with uh, new. Uh, and invigorated life uh, to to appeal to the people who come to see it every year. So, yeah. uh, so well, I, I haven't missed it in ten years, and and it's every year. It's like I've never seen it before. Oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's and and that's our goal. Uh, we we want to make sure that it remains as fresh as it was. The first All right. So now, there. when you're at like Eclipse or or uh, some of the other theaters yeah. you work for, uh, do you pick the plays? Generally? Well, I've, I've, it's about half and half. I, okay. I, I was saying after Christmas Carol, yeah. I'm doing a piece at Northlight called Black Pearl Sings. Oh, and that right. that project was brought to me by B.J. Jones, uh, who felt that I would be good for it. Uh, it already had uh, E. Faye Butler attached as an actor. That's as, not a bad start. Which is a very good start, <laughs> yeah. and and E. Faye and I have worked together a number of times, and I love working with her. So that was kind of a no-brainer. Uh, is it a musical? Uh, it is a play with music. Play with music. Okay. Yeah. 
then after that, I am doing, uh, I teach at Roosevelt University, too, uh, part-time, and I'm going to be doing Streetcar Named Desire there in the spring, which is a play that I suggested to them, because it's a play I've always wanted to do and never had a chance to do. Uh, and then uh, I'll be doing a piece for Eclipse next summer as part of their uh, Eugene O'Neill season. Oh, the Eugene O'Neill next year. Right. And, uh, and Eugene is hot this year, Eugene, isn't he? Eugene, you know, for being a dead playwright, he's very, very much alive. Yeah, I mean, uh, with, with Remy Bumpel's terrific show. Yeah, with Morning Becomes Electra. It was amazing. And uh, and uh, Artistic Home is going to open A Touch of the Poet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, well, it's interesting. With You know, we, we all keep rediscovering Eugene O'Neill yeah. because he's, you know, the, the greatest of our playwrights. Uh, but in that case, I, I, the, the play that I'm doing for them, I, I suggested to them. So about half the time people bring me stuff, and about half the time they ask me what I would like to do. And uh, so it, it kind of balances out. And generally in these smaller theaters like Ellie, how long is the rehearsal process? It's usually about, I think for Ellie we had five weeks of rehearsal prior to uh, a very brief preview period. Uh, but it's only for about three hours a night. Uh, so you get about a quarter of the rehearsal time in hours that we get at the Goodman. You know, at the Goodman we rehearse things for four weeks and then we have a few days of tech and then we have a week and a half of preview. So it turns out to be about a six week rehearsal period. Uh, and, uh, with the smaller companies, although it's spread out over time, the number of hours that you're actually actually working on the play is much much less. So you have to work are, quick. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that that's good training for the actors. It's very good training for the actors, and it's great training for directors. Let yeah, me tell you. you have to know. You can't say, "Well, let's see how this." You, you kind of got to have a, a vision of what you want before you go into it. Well, yeah, and you have to have a vision of what you want, but you also have to have an an idea of what everybody else wants too, because. It, it, it's a collaborative process, and uh, I learned a long time ago that my ideas aren't always the, the best or the only ideas that, that we should be incorporating, that I should uh, take in ideas from the designers and the actors and all that, too. So it's a matter of, of, of really keeping it moving and keeping it going and kind of knowing where you want to end up, but also allowing people to contribute along the way. And that's Yeah, that's important because I've heard some some of these young directors come in, and it's my way or the highway, and, and that right. that usually shows up in the final production. Well, I used to be like that too until I was doing a show with a friend of mine who pulled me aside at a at a break one day and said, basically, Steve, it doesn't have to be this hard because I was I was making decisions for everybody and I was figuring out how to read this line and how to play this moment and all of that. And he said, you know, we all have minds too, and we can we can help. I thought, oh, well, that is a good idea, isn't it? So while the director has to be in charge, and ultimately the director is responsible for how it all kind of comes off at the end, um, I don't think the director has to be the dictator. I think the director is sometimes just the organizer of, of, of everything. And, and the director ends up kind of choosing the things that, that he or she thinks uh, will work in the final analysis. Well, along those lines, I read where, where uh, you were talking about how people skills not only as a direct as a, uh, a producer and you know doing wearing all the hats you wear at the Goodman, right? But when you direct, that it's it's based on respect for the art and for all the people involved. Tell us about that because I thought that was fascinating. Well, I mean, I, I think 
people do their best work when they feel that their work is being valued and and where 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 they are getting respect for what they're doing, and especially if they're doing it for very little money or for free, you know, uh, at the end of a day of doing something else. So um, I try to make all of my rehearsals and all of my production meetings as uh, as, as kind of communal <laughs> as they can be. Um, and, and, and I also, I also enjoy having fun in rehearsal. So I try to keep them moving and, and, and keep them fun and, and keep them going, uh, so that people's creative juices will flow. And when, when stuff happens, when somebody comes up with an idea that I think is great, then we'll try it. Even somebody comes up with an idea that I don't think might be so great, we'll try it and we'll see. Uh, and and that way, at least everybody feels that they have an investment in what's going on, and that, they're not just puppets. Which is yeah, important. and that adds that that makes them feel their best comes out in them, doesn't it? Exactly. When you do that, and th- and that actually, I mean, you you commented on Ellie looking so polished at opening. I think a lot of the reason was that everybody had a stake in what was going on, and it wasn't they weren't just doing my interpretation of the play; they were doing our interpretation of it. So they really, really were dedicated to to making it uh, work as well as they could. I, I think it, it it just pays off in the end with a with a with a cast and a crew and a, and a design staff that are really committed to to the project that you're doing rather than just doing it just because they needed to do a job. Now. Well, let me add something. It comes from leadership, and that's that's what I know you're you're so well known for. And what the director should be should be the like you said the coordinator, the organizer. Yeah, and sometimes the cheerleader, yeah. you know, uh, because everything that everybody does in the theater is difficult, and you have to kind of respect that that actors, when they're acting, are really putting themselves out there, uh, and you have to give them the support for that. Let me ask you this question uh, that I've heard various answers to. How much of directing is in the casting? Oh, I think between 80 and 90 percent, probably. Okay. Um and it's and it's not a matter of casting it correctly. It's a matter of finding the actors because I don't know that there is any any correct casting. You know, every certain roles require certain abilities and 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 certain types, I suppose. But um, I did. You know, my my training is in Summerstock, where you worked with the same group of actors in six or seven shows, and so you had to kind of find a way to make people who might not seem to be ideal for a role work in that role. And so it's a matter of finding, um, for me, it's a matter of finding the most interesting actors available and seeing what they can what they can bring to it. And usually, especially if it's something that I hadn't expected, those are usually the actors that I, that I want to work with. Um, so it's, it's, it's really kind of getting to know the actor in a very brief time in audition and not just how good the actor is at reading the scene or whatever but how what what kind of person the actor is if the person if, if the actor is is excited about what's going on and 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 is creative so it's a, it it is a complicated process and sometimes a, a process is very hard to describe but, uh, but you, a very real rewarding one do you find yourself using some of the same actors over and over again? Yeah. I mean, there are some actors that I love, and if I could use them in every show that I do, I would. By the same token, I'm always excited by working with actors that I hadn't worked with before. Uh, one of the things that that I that excited me about Elling was that the only actor in it that I had worked with before was Brian, 
and I love working with him, but I was really excited of the chance to work with Peter and Andrew. Well, they were with you, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, so it, it it worked out very well. But it, but I I love discovering things that I didn't know about actors that I'm not familiar with, and and that's kind of that's really a lot of fun. Okay, two last questions. Sure. One is, uh, I notice you haven't directed a lot of musicals. Do you want to do more of those? And what about Shakespeare? <laughs> I have not. I, I, it's interesting because careers kind of go in cycles. And years ago, I actually directed a whole spate of musicals, and and I enjoyed doing it. I'm actually this spring doing a musical review with Silk Road, another theater that I've directed yeah, a number of like times. Good work there. Yeah, and and a, a, another wonderful organization. But they they uh, want to do a, a, a cabaret a, a evening. They, they did, did one before that they was did terrific. One last very successful. Yeah, uh, and they kind of want to do this on a on a more ongoing basis. So I uh, told them that I would do that, and I th- I think that'll be a great deal of fun. I love doing musicals. It's a very different process, mm-hmm. but uh, but I enjoy doing them. And in fact, that's the reason I got into the theater in the first place was because I love musicals so much. So uh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, and Shakespeare, you know. I have done some Shakespeare, but I haven't done any in Chicago. Interestingly, I've done. A You're the only director probably around that hasn't done. Shakespeare. Yeah, and yeah. and I don't know why. I I actually teach Shakespeare at Roosevelt, so I I love Shakespeare. Um, Shakespeare is often done, I think, uh, in in companies by the artistic director or by a resident director, mm-hmm. and because they're big and they're expensive, and they want to you know they want to ensure the success of that of of. of the show. But you wouldn't be against it if Barbara oh, Gaines or oh, somebody no. called. Oh, I I love Shakespeare. I would I would love to do. There there are several Shakespeare plays that I would I would die to. All do. right, name one. Uh, measure for Measure. Okay. I love Measure for Measure. I do too. So, uh, well, hopefully, well, Tom, you and I should do it. Huh? We should, you and I should produce it somewhere. Oh, I'd love to. All I all I need is is an, is the angel because I know who to call. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> If the angel I'll let you ever, be in charge of that. Thank you. If the angel ever happens. One last question, because uh, we're, we're running out of time, and I know you have other commitments. Uh, what advice would you give to young directors? Oh, I think, uh, first of all, see everything in town that you can so that you know what theaters are doing, the kinds of work that you're interested in doing, and then approach them and find out if there's anything you can do with that theater, because... You know, directing involves so many different skills and so many different understandings of of how other people work. So if you can uh, assist another director or you can assist a producer or you can, you know, work the box office just to kind of figure out how the theater works. And then uh, uh, put yourself out there and meet people around and and see uh, what things you might be able to get going. it's hard to find work as a director, and I know when I was starting, uh, a lot of the first shows that I did were, were shows that I produced or that I produced with a group of friends, which still happens a lot in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, and that that was great for me because it, it got me some notice and it kind of got me uh, on the track to, to doing other things. And I think that's still one of the ways that, that directors get started here. They, they do their own work and... People hear about it if they don't see it, and gradually your reputation grows, and uh, then then there you are. You That's know, great advice. And, yeah. Steve, keep up the good work. Uh, you're you're an institution in this town, and, and you are one of the most respected uh, directors and theater people in town. Well, 
Tom, thank you very much. I, I'm, 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 I'm very proud of that. Yeah, and uh, folks, go see a play this week.